Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Pause and Effect. I'm your host, CJ, and joining me this week are my good friends, Cody and Kala. How's everyone doing? Good. I'm just dandy. Glad to hear it. Uh, This episode is dedicated to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Before getting into this game specifically, I have to ask, what's everyone's experiences with the Zelda series? How many of the games have you played? Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you go first. Question. Well, my experience with the Zelda series is it was the very first video game I ever played as a small child. Oh, wow. Uh, Mainly watching my uncle play A Link to the Past when I was like four, something like that. Um, And so first game I played on my own. And then I played basically every single Legend of Zelda since. A Link to the Past on the original Super Nintendo. Put years, uh, just for the sake of not being old, but the Super Nintendo was the video game system at the time. If that gives you any hint. (laughs) I think the only ones that I haven't played have been The Four Swords and The Triforce Heroes. I, I have played every single other Zelda game, I haven't beaten the original Zelda or Zelda 2. I'm kind of in the same boat there. Uh, yeah, same same here. I think I've played all of them, including the CDI games, which, uh, uh, yeah, I grew up with them myself. I um, My family was super into it. Uh, in fact, me, it was my first, Ocarina of Time was the first game that I played by myself and beat. Me and my grandma used to play it a lot. I learned to read so that I didn't need her anymore <laughs> to play it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I, I went into kindergarten knowing how to read blocks of text and nothing else. Um, hey, that's, props to you. That's about where. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, got a big place in my heart for sure. On that note, Cody, you said, you mentioned the CDI games, and I have to also say I have never played those. I don't consider them Zelda games. (laughs) I don't even know if you can emulate them. Like, Oh my god. You are right. (laughs) That doesn't change the fact that I've played them. Do you consider, oh, what's the Zelda um, Necrodance? Dancer crossover. Oh, Cadence of Hyrule. Cadence Mm -hmm. Hyrule. Do you all consider Cadence of Hyrule a Zelda game? Because I have played that. I guess. No. um, Oh, you don't? No, I'd I'd say it's definitely a um, a Necrodancer game with like a Zelda skin. Uh, Like Mario Kart doesn't become Zelda because it has Link in it. You know, in uh, Sonic for the Wii U, there was a Zelda level. Oh God, Lost World did have that DLC, didn't it? <laughs> yes, and I bought the game only for it. And it was a terrible game. <laughs> well, most Sonic games are. I can't blame you for that. Yeah. Although granted, I will be covering that in another episode. My take on Cadence of Hyrule is um, like, yes and no. Like you could consider it either a Zelda game or not a Zelda game, but it's as much of a Zelda game as both uh both Hyrule Warriors are the first one like which has been ported to every Nintendo console under the sun <laughs> and the sequel like Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity which like you can claim that they may not be Zelda titles based on their gameplay 
But then again, considering all of the Zelda titles have pretty heavily differentiating gameplay with the exception of a couple titles here and there, well, I'm not I'm not sure what else to say to that. I mean, I think that's a great point. Contention, at least in like my circles, is that Breath of the Wild, some people don't necessarily consider a true Zelda game because it doesn't have the dungeon format. It tends not to follow the series conventions, I think. However, I think there you have a thing of Zelda, I think, defines conventions. And just when just when a bunch of different developers seem to have uh, cracked the formula for how to make a Zelda game without it being a Zelda game, the developers go and change the rules. Yeah. Because, for example, I with think- Breath- Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think Breath of the Wild does a good job of breaking Zelda down into like a very basic mold and then adding a little bit to it to build on later. Like, I think, I think it's, I think it's almost like an experiment in getting back to basics. I can agree with that. So considering this game has been around, like, I think as of a couple months ago, maybe five months now, the game celebrated its uh, four year anniversary. Um, What would you say you like most about Breath of the Wild? I think for me, it's gotta be the interactability, that's not a word, of the world. Being able to change the world in actual like tangible ways is a lot of fun like dropping boulders on bacoblins and stuff like that it it i guess i guess the gameplay has got to be the best part for me it's it's so much more involved throughout the entire combat aspect than any of the other series have been and i think that's the part that it improves on the most yeah i think for me the environment was also probably my favorite part. I think being able to explore and have like those Vista experiences captured a sense of like wonder and majesty that I had never felt in a video game before in terms of like scale. Like I have played Skyrim and other kind of like open world games, but I don't know if it's maybe like a difference in how you control the character or the difference in like art style it just didn't have the same like visual impact for me and so being able to like go into these different biomes and you know take pictures because I love Pokemon Snap I haven't been able to play the new one but it was like a huge game for me when it came out on the Nintendo 64. And so like having kind of like almost a Pokemon Snap element to it, like going around and trying to complete the compendium was was so lovely. And I love writing Zelda fiction. And so like the blank slate that Breath of the Wild's Hyrule gave and like the environmental storytelling aspects provided like so much more richer stuff to build on you know like there was so much more to like grapple with like ancient civilizations and like I don't know just all it was really lovely to explore yeah I I definitely agree with both of you both the gameplay and the uh, environments are what really captured me I truly love the openness of Zelda Breath of the Wild, where you have, you can go from one area to another, thanks to like fast traveling, which is a new thing for the series at that time. And then 
just being able to have ways to which to adapt to um, how you go about combat, whether you can go about it as traditionally as you want, traditional in the Zelda sense at least, or you can go so far, like Cody said, as to uh, just push a boulder or a log down onto an enemy. Or I've seen some interesting clips where somebody froze an enemy and then used a Deku leaf to blow them off the cliff. Like there's definitely a whole bunch of different ways to um, (laughs) absolutely iconic. But yeah, just just the openness of it all, as well as the ability to uh, really choose your own adventure. Like there's no wrong way to go about things. And there's even no wrong way to go about the uh, story events until you get locked into a linear type of quest. However, even the linearity of the quests that you do, you can still approach them however you want. And unless you're doing that uh, stealth mission in the desert, mm-hmm. like if you like if you live, that's a feat. But otherwise, you're free to go as nuts with it as you want. Yeah, I think you mentioning that also, you know, the combat system felt kind of like a happy medium to me between like the combat of Skyward Sword and the combat of Wind Waker. I think of all of like, of all of my Zeldas, Wind Waker's combat style um, has always been my favorite. Being able to like roll and, and twist and like do these really cool, like, you know, versions of attack, the addition of like the bullet time dodge mechanic, I think added just kind of like that little extra bit of pizzazz that like sword combat or spear combat, you know, like for the first time, all these new weapons brought to the game. I think I'm definitely pulling this from a YouTuber, but I don't remember which one. The concept of the physics reacting the way that you would expect them to is something that really pulls me into Breath of the Wild. You can like throwing a sword on the ground and it gets struck by lightning or like setting things on fire and everything like reacts the way you would expect it to in a video game. And you don't ever have that uh, moment where you try to do something. You're like, hey, this would be cool. And then you try to do it and it doesn't work that like your brain processes it in a way that makes sense in the game naturally. And I think that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to love about these about this game specifically. However, I have to ask, is there anything you dislike about the game? None of like juicy NPCs. Like we got some good ones, but I think one of my favorite things about Zelda historically is being able to like talk to so many of the NPCs and, you know, like get a glimpse into their life or, you know, eccentricities. I think like the most, I mean, besides Sidon, of course, I think the most kind of iconic NPC from Breath of the Wild is the flower lady who is just like such a classic kind of like, oddball, terrifying, but funny Zelda interaction, you know, like, I wish there were just more of those types of characters, more, more NPC type quests that didn't just reward you with rupees, you know, like, 
more more interaction. I definitely agree because by comparison, looking at I guess Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, for example, Twilight Princess, the NPCs you were able to interact with had like some were probably on the more generic side that you would find just running around the uh, areas in Breath of the Wild. But the ones that had some kind of story significance in uh, Twilight Princess had a lot of life breathed into them by comparison. Skyward Sword, I definitely would say, especially because I've been playing it recently, had every single NPC you encounter has just this air of like, you can tell exactly who they are and how they act just even based off of your limited interactions with them. And I think that was awesome. Although I will say Breath of the Wild in terms of its NPCs outside of uh, those you see in the story cutscenes and everything similar, they all kind of take a step backwards back in that uh, Twilight Princess-esque direction where you can tell that they have names and that they play whatever kind of role they've got. However, um, it kind of falls to the wayside when outside of the flower lady, like you mentioned, they all seem kind of bland by comparison. Yeah, I would definitely agree. More more quirkiness is is definitely something that uh, I would like. And there, as much as I love Breath of the Wild, there's so many things that I would change for for sure. Like the, it's it's not like a short list for me by any means. But but I'd say the the biggest thing is for how much stuff there is to do it starts to feel like there isn't anything to do like you've got you 120 shrines is so much to do essentially the same kind of thing and i feel like there could have been more variety in what you find like if you blew up a rock and instead of finding a shrine you found a secret cave infrastructure or something that led to a led to a boss fight or mm. uh, something like that not not every single secret being a shrine was a little much for me um and I, th- I think that that would have been a better way to go if you didn't want to have the big dungeons and you wanted more mm. sort i'm looking for uh like modular experiences i think that that would have been a better way to go than having them all be shrines i can definitely agree with that yeah and i think like the shrine puzzles were a different type of puzzle you know like mm. i don't know how to explain it but it was like a new they were physics puzzles you know like some of them a lot of them mm. were kind of like physics or like spatial puzzles which was a really cool introduction but i also would have liked a few like more traditional type of zelda puzzle in terms of like okay you have to move this thing on this side of the thing and then you know go to this thing and use this item to move that thing and to be able to like progress in a shrine i want more water temple uh (laughs) oh man i'm not i'm not even like i'm not even kidding like i want more like complicated uh, like in interwoven stuff I think would have benefited Breath of the Wild really well because it has so you have so many tools and I feel like you never use all of them and I think maybe it's because you can't always like Nintendo couldn't count on the player always having all of the tools because they break so like you mm-hmm. might not have a boomerang so you can't really have a boomerang puzzle because what if you don't have one uh, or what if you break the one they give you, you know? So I, I think that that kind of 
throw a wrench into it. Then you fail. But let people fail. That that's one of my hugest complaints about modern video games. Is failure, besides like roguelikes, right? Like where failure is kind of like expected. A lot of whatever, you know, high profile games, failure in the game over screen isn't like a harrowing thing to experience. You don't have to like backtrack or like manage your resources in like a really conscious way. So hot take, I hate autosave in video games. Just in general, I don't, I wish autosave didn't exist. I feel like having to save your game and having to go back is the most basic consequence that you can have in a video game. And it would make a lot of those complaints that you you just expressed, Kala. I feel like it would make a lot of those just pull up. I feel like it would give a good, it's a good reasonable consequence, I feel like, to lose that little bit of progress. I can definitely agree with that. And hope and I remember like there were a couple of Zelda games that really went far with the uh or like try to go the distance with how you save your game. Like for example, mm-hmm. um Skyward Sword and it came back again in the HD remaster instead of just being able to access a pause menu sorry a uh, save screen on your pause menu in order to save whenever you wanted uh Skyward Sword it was the first to introduce statues that that you had to interact with in order to save at which it made it seem a lot scarier than it actually was and then Majora's Mask 3D started doing it a link between worlds Breath of the Wild, I think, was the first main Zelda to introduce uh, autosave, which I recognize that it does save a lot of players' asses at times, but you do also have the instance of, like, no matter how many times you fail, like, if you know the game autosaved because you see that little pinwheel at the bottom, then you realize, oh, dying's not just, not such a big deal. I can just uh, get back up and I'm not that far away. And I, I'm in the camp of I resent that a little bit simply because uh, it takes away, I would say, frustrations on the player's part to um, really have to uh, like just work their way back when I feel like I'm getting off track here. <laughs> no, it makes sense. You, you know, like I think I think it fits. I think, you know, one of the critiques, especially of a lot of modern Nintendo games is that they're too easy, right? Mm -hmm. Like versus old Nintendo games that were incredibly difficult and had like a level of of challenge and and, and difficulty to them that I think for good reason helps kind of like expand cognitive capacities to a degree, right? Like if you're having to like push through something and like return to it again and again you have to work your critical thinking skills in in another way and i think critical thinking in the way has been a central part of zelda in so many aspects that you know breath of the wild didn't necessarily have a whole lot of it was more like can you rotate this thing to like make it fit like can you gather enough force for, you know, like this thing to connect. 
you know, like. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Okay, so thinking on The Legend of Zelda as a whole, each Zelda game has their own unique appeal that keeps players invested. What is it about Breath of the Wild that keeps you coming back time and time again? I would have to say that first moment where you get the glider for me, where you like jump off the plateau and you can go any direction. I think I come back just so I can pick a different direction at that moment <laughs> in the game. I've definitely done that before. Uh, so I, I, I and, and like, I guess for me, like I like doing things in different order. I, I really wish that it would make things different. Like, mm. like I wish that like you going to Gerudo first made things different other places. But, mm. uh, but yeah, for me, it's being able to go and do things in different orders, uh, is what makes me keep coming back to it yeah I think the thing that I always come back to is the fine details that are included in the world like the description of a sword and how that builds on Rito culture you know like all of these different kind of like details that you really can use to build a flesh out picture of a society or culture or history that is so uniquely Zelda and so uniquely Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I think also being able to just like do that exploration over again and like, oh shit, I don't have a lot of hearts. I have to run from these bacoblins. Oh, I don't have enough stamina to climb up this thing. How else can I get up here? You know, like halfway through the game, you gather enough like resources to make everything really, really easy. And I, I love playing like the first part of it of like, okay, I have to reach the tower to unlock the map so I can go here. And yeah, I think that's the replayability. Yeah, I, def I definitely agree. Like the buildup from the very beginning up to uh, your halfway point of the game, like at first you're, you don't really know what it is you're supposed to be doing. You go about trying to um, like haphazardly, like make your way through the world only to see game over screen after game over screen. But maybe after you do like your second dungeon, you've gathered enough resources to truly become the hero of legend once again and just become absolutely unstoppable. And, and if for whatever reason your stuff breaks, then you know where to go in order to get that stuff back. Or at least if it's not there, wait for a blood moon to respawn everything. And I definitely thought that was a uh, interesting way of going about the world. I think the other thing for me was, um, I think some, one of you touched on this before, just the interactivity in which you can go about exploring the world. You can go climb up back a mountain just to parasail down it in multiple different ways, or you can climb a mountain and then go shield surfing down it. That probably was my favorite new addition to the game was shield surfing. And just yes. and just being able to um, go about the world however which way you want. Like you could choose to swim across Lake Hylia in Zora armor. Or you can try to uh, get on a boat and use a leaf to go across. <laughs> like that, that's so much fun. Like you, Yeah. You know, as you talk about that, you reminded me. Yeah, when you first start the game, you do get a lot of game overs. I think my experience of really only kind of like revisiting it or like playing like the latter half or like, you know, like tr trying to redo those elements maybe has shifted like my perspective of the game as a whole. Because 
during, you know, the Great Plateau, especially the first time playing it or the first time playing through, you know, the um, master mode difficulty, it's hard to fucking survive and you do get a lot of game overs. Yeah, I, I that was really cool. I would love an entire game that felt like Eventide Isle. Like just an entire entire experience like a zelda experience that made you feel like you had to like scavenge and like really really use everything available to you just to like make it to the other end uh, i think that that would i think eventide isle was the best shrine puzzle for the entire game wish we had more of that Speaking of wishing for wanting more of that, for my last question, let's speculate a little bit. Considering Breath of the Wild's sequel is due out next year, what are your hopes for the sequel and what do you wish to see? Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I would love playable Zelda. I mean, that's just like the real realness of it. I remember just loving that about Phantom Hourglass of being able to like have like those switch off moments. And then it also brings me back to Wind Waker of being able to like, you know, briefly control the sages, you know, Makar and Meldi, you know, to, to explore the environment in a different kind of like capacity. And I like the kind of like tandem puzzle solving aspect of that. So that's the thing I'm hoping the most for and I think we're gonna get information on the Zonai I think that's like an inevitability right like that's my hope and prayer and if they don't I'm gonna be very disappointed well for me I think the most important thing for me for Breath of the Wild 2 is to get that painting room from Ocarina of Time with Mario in it no um <laughs> the the for, for real though I think uh, dungeons and items are going to be the big ones for me. I really want big fleshed out dungeons. Uh, a big part of Zelda for me is feeling like Indiana Jones and like you're uncovering these hidden things that no one's ever found before and you get these cool toys to play with. And I, I think that that's like a big part of the adventure for me. And I really missed that in Breath of the Wild. So I really hope that the, that aspect gets brought back in full. Yeah, and I think one of the things that concerned me about the trailer is that it's going up and I was really hoping we were going down, you know, like into the depths of the world and into the shadowy places, you know, like a Tomb Raider-esque element to it with some elements of horror. Like I love and miss that about Majora's Mask. You know, like the like the elements of like fear that can be presented. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I remember seeing that trailer, and I remember seeing or thinking that it looked like there we were going to have maybe not just a playable Zelda, but potentially two different links playable. Like, how do we know that the link that we saw skydiving through the world and being in this uh, fragmented? island area off of the sky how do we know that that's not a different link there's a part of me thinking is this the link from skyward sword that we've come to know already that's probably just wishful thinking on my part or like is this the original hero that sealed away calamity ganon like ten thousand years ago going back and watching that trailer i definitely have a lot 
more questions and no answers to any of my questions. But as far as what I'd hope to see, I'm hoping for <laughs> at least, I think what one of you said, uh, dungeons and maybe dungeon items. However, I would not mind if they brought back a lot of the older items from the older Zelda games, like the claw shots, the ball and chain, and maybe other things I'm not really coming up with off the top of my head right now. But what if they integrated all of those into uh, Link's new uh, weird ghost arm? So that's what I was thinking it was going to be like upgrades to your ghost arm, like like an extendo arm or in like a like a big wavy arm and that kind of thing. Um, I think we might get some of that for sure. I think there's something going on with the shield also. Like the shield that he has, there's something going on with that shield. Yeah, aren't there like weird like carvings on it from the zonai ruins era or something like that it looks like an old version of like the sheikah eye um but it can get the zonai dragon head attached to it and spout fire so i'm like okay okay this is gonna be interesting this is gonna be really interesting i don't know if i want the old items back in terms of like old kind of like static items i think yeah i'd be really into if they had kind of like upgrades or you know like a different maybe like an antithesis of like the sheikah runes you know like what would an inversion of those look like um instead of pausing time maybe you fast forward time instead of like freezing things oh you fucking burn them uh <laughs> i definitely thought i saw Link um, using that arm to stop time however i would definitely be interested in seeing what you said like time fast forwarding or even so much as a time reversal and i think that does happen like we see with like the giant spike ball you know it kind of like reversing through its past selves as it rolls down the hill which is really interesting um mm. but i would like i would like some more magic to come back you remember like in a link to the past like that magic powder and you could like throw it on things mm -hmm. and like transform things into other things i always love like those kind of mechanics that are yeah a link a link to the past like, and a link between worlds flavor. had uh, the medallions and then ocarina mm -hmm. of time majora's mask and wind waker had the magic meter which was sadly missing yeah. from uh, Twilight Princess and every game after that. But I definitely would like to see that back. Mm -hmm. But regarding um, the concept of what link we're looking at, at, my wild theory is that the entire series is in a time loop. Uh, and this is um, Link going back in time, the like you said, the 10,000 years to seal away Calamity Ganon the first time. And the entire timeline is that 10,000 years. <laughs> That's my personal theory. Uh, but, it, but I definitely do think that we're seeing some time travel shenanigans. I don't necessarily think mm -hmm. that it's a different link. I, I think it's the same link going back in time, back and forth through time. Zalto fucking loves its time shenanigans. I mean, just look at Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, which I have to say, like, gave me all of the story things that was so desperately missing from Breath of the Wild in such a satisfying way. And like the way they handled Zelda's arc in Age of Calamity and the way that they handled kind of like aspects of character development for the whole like crew was just 
so juicy. It just felt so good. I literally cried during those cutscenes. But again, time travel shenanigans. So yeah, time travel shenanigans. It's gonna be there. There's no way around it. Speaking of time travel shenanigans, they did show in Age of Calamity that they brought Unobo, Tiba, Sidon, and Riju back in time from 100 years in the future mm-hmm. to help you fight the battles. Do you think that may be uh, referenced at all in uh, the sequel? Or do you think they're just going to skip over that? I think they're just going to skip over it. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them doing that. I feel like Champions Ballad did such a good job of giving each of the champions re- like a rest and like a like a good send off that I think it would be uh, not good story wise to, to go back on that in the sequel. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. there's just they so much, there's just so much to speculate on. And this always happens whenever um, a brand new <laughs> Zelda title comes out. Like I remember we were talking a lot about what was potentially going to happen and how um, things are going to play out and just speculating very heavily when a uh, Skyward Sword came out. And people always did the same with like Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, even a lot of the 2D games like uh, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks and A Link Between Worlds. There's always uh, some something to like find and analyze in all of these trailers and something to definitely uh, speak on as time passes. But I guess we'll never really know how our questions get answered until the uh, game comes out, unfortunately. They always do it. They always do it. Like, especially with this, like, Zonai thing, if it's a fucking false trail, I'm going to be so pissed because the end of, like, creating champion is, like, mysteries of the past. And then, like, oh, and then you go around and investigate all, like, cross-reference all of, like, the Zonai ruins and the Lome labyrinths and, like, oh, this detail here, oh, that's a not trailer, you know, like, all of the all the cross-referencing that's so common to Zelda, like the nuanced little details. Uh, drives me crazy. I just really hope it's not another, um, what's it called? The the war before Ocarina of Time? Interloper. Or yes, unifying the Unifying War. war and the Interloper War. <laughs> Both of those things where they just like, they give just enough background to make us want more information of it and then never talk about it again. Uh. Yeah, not even in uh, Hyrule Historia no, yeah, either. Exactly. But maybe they'll set uh, Hyrule Warriors during them and then give us the details we want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you joke, but I would love to see that. I unashamedly love Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> I Do you guys remember, uh, I think it was 2008 or nine when that picture came out of Link with a lightsaber and there were so many people fully convinced Link was going (laughs) to space. Uh, (laughs) Yo, I remember that. (laughs) There are people 100% convinced Link was off to space. I mean, there was there was that concept art in creating mm-hmm. a champion of like there was one with Link with a motorcycle that. and a guitar, and then there's the other one where they brought a mm-hmm. fucking spaceship down onto yeah. Hyrule. Like God, I wish that had actually happened. That would have been so funny. Mature's mask, more of the aliens, please. Yes. Ah, oh, I, I loved that so much because it's, it's just like a break mm-hmm. from the doom and gloom that is. You need to go to all of these locations in Majora's Mask and defeat all the curses plaguing these regions in order to turn it back to normal. And then the midway point is like, oh, how do you get the thing that you need to uh, get in order to uh, 
what is it to go to great bay and it turns out the answer is fucking <laughs> aliens granted that's optional after you get the horse but I do like the theory that the aliens are saving the cows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> because the world's that's about to funny. end. I love <laughs> so it. <laughs> so they're saving the cows and um, what's her name? Uh, Romani. Alan. Yeah, yeah, Romani. Uh, that they're that they're saving them from the from the impending <laughs> apocalypse. I love it. I don't want like going to space though. Leave my girl Samus up doing her thing okay that's all i gotta say metroid dead game of the year for sure for sure for sure and that's all the time we have but before we go do either of you have anything you want to shout out before we finish up uh let's uh can we can we can we simultaneously say say the thing, Kala? thing. the the one thing Watch we're both on uh no i was gonna say zrpg oh, yeah. but uh <laughs> but but yes uh watch our, watch my stream twitch.tv slash verod uh, all my other socials are there uh if you want to like check out my youtube and that kind of thing and then also uh kala runs a tight ship over on zrpg.net and yes that was a pirate joke ah hey pirate hey. jokes you love to see it <laughs> Anything else to say? Like, maybe you want to tell the viewers a little bit about what ZRPG is? Oh, goddess. Um, so once upon a time, there <laughs> the oldest existing <laughs> oh, Legend of Zelda role-playing forum. Bum, bum, bum. ZRPG.net. A play-by-post Legend of Zelda role-playing forum set 10 years before the calamity scene in Breath of the Wild. You write a fictional character and you write as that fictional character with other people creating co-collaborative stories. There are seasonal events and cutscene almost uh, kind of side stories and long form role play and some amazing old diverse community that's still kicking. People say forums are the past, but baby forums are still here. Get off Tumblr, get off Twitter. They're mining your data. Go to forums, special interests, stay anonymous. And as somebody who used to write on ZRPG, I can honestly say like, it's a fun time if you definitely want to check it out. Like I'll, po I'll post the link to it once this episode goes up. And Cody, I will post a link to your Twitch as well once this episode goes up. But yeah, uh, go go check them out. And uh, yeah, that's the show. Tune in next time where we talk about phasmophobia. Thank you all so much for listening. Cody Kala, thank you so much for being on the show. Everybody take care now.